Welcome to the Gridiron Show. Will Gavin, Ollie Hunter and Matt Sherry. And we've got a real treat for you this week. Cachetta is in the studio. Uh, we've got... We'll talk about the 49ers' dominant win over the Packers on Sunday night. We're going to talk about another big win for the Baltimore Ravens. We'll look back on all the key games from the weekend. This is the Gridiron Show. Uh, hello and welcome to the Gridiron Show. Uh, Will Gavin in the studio, and I am absolutely delighted to say that for the first time outside of a Super Bowl in about three, four years. I remember us doing a drunk one after the Hippodrome one night. Oh, that was a bad when night. When the studios for me. were right near the. That was a bad night for me. Yeah, yeah. I embarrassed myself in front of members of NFLPR that night. Uh, let's not go into it in too much detail. Wasn't there also some. Uh, you, like, you like Chase Young or something? Was that that night? Not Chase Young. It was something young, wasn't it? Who was the young? For, played for the Bears, I think. What? You liked, oh, you liked somebody young and it sounded very inappropriate. Uh, oh, right, that, right, okay. I, yes. That was that night. Yeah, yeah, that was that night. Uh, I don't even remember who it was at this point. It was a defensive end, I'm sure. And it was something about liking young boys. I don't remember. Sure. Anyway. Yeah, it was... <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ollie Hunter's still finishing his normal job for the next nine minutes, so until then, it's just me and Matthew Sherry. Uh, Sherry, you doing down in London in the big smoke? Just some, just some meetings. No, I listen to you. You're such a player. I hate that. No, I hate, I hate meetings for the sake of meetings. If I'm down here, they're always important. So watch this space. Nothing you be... can uh, pull back the curtain no, on. But there, lift up there, the skirt. There could be some amazing. Open up the big developments for Gridiron in about six months' time. Maybe. Ooh, can we just stop doing podcasts until then? Then. Probably not. After the Super Bowl, though, we just just main main clans a lot might uh, go over again after the Super Bowl. Oh, okay, no, the that is podcast. it. Please do, because <laughs> I'd like a month off Fine, if that's yeah. all right. Yeah. Perfect. Not that I don't love this, and again, great feedback to the NFL 100 pod over the last couple of days. So thank you for that, guys. Really do appreciate it. As always, go and actually do the ratings and the reviews on wherever you download the podcast. Uh, still, about seven percent of podcasts do come through iTunes. So if you don't use that normally, but you've got it installed on your computer or whatever. Just go and give it a little rating and a review on there. Little five stars, little little mention. It helps other people find us and be really appreciated. If you're not giving us five stars, don't bother. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we've, got, we've now got three one-star reviews, but only one of them actually gave a review. The others were just one-stars. I reckon it's just, you know... Some rival podcasts, maybe a bit of Nat Coombs, maybe a bit of yeah, Neil Reynolds, nah. just sneaking into our inbox, popping on a one star, just trying to drag down our otherwise impeccable rating. Absolutely disgraceful. <laughs> uh, right, let's get into the weekend's action then. And, uh, well, I feel like we should start off with the, the game in San Francisco, but with Ollie not being here yet, should we start off with Monday Night Football? Yep. Baltimore Ravens, big win over the Los Angeles Rams. We've now got to a point where Lamar Jackson at 22 years old, five touchdowns, 95 yards on the action to 196, I think it was, through the air. Uh, he's now beaten, he's the first uh, first quarterback since the 2007 Patriots, first team since 2007 Patriots, to beat two teams by 39 points or more in the same season. Uh, first team since, uh, first team ever to beat both Super Bowl competitors from the previous season by 17 or more points. And it's just the consistent feathers in the cap that go along with that. The fact that he's beaten now in the recent weeks, the Texans, the Patriots, the Seahawks, now the Rams as well. We're getting to a point where it's very difficult to argue against his MVP case. Yep. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, I, I've, 
I've been on the Russell Wilson train the whole time. The whole time. The whole time. I think I'm still. I think I'm still close to level. Lamar just ahead at the moment. Obviously, big, big, big test for Lamar stop, against stop the 49ers. Stop couching it. Stop making it. I, I hear you over there trying to make sure that when it comes to the end of the season, you still look smart when Russell Wilson no, wins. No, out. I mean, I, come I, on. You can't look. Stop smart. sitting on the fence. As Jerry. the. I mean, if anyone sees the Gridiron Twitter account, as the pro football talk <laughs> ones that I put out earlier tell you. The the MVP race is really the last six, seven weeks of the season race anyway because there is so much prisoner of the moment stuff in the NFL. So I think this is the most we've talked about it in a long time coming up to this point in the season. But I think it's because you've got a couple of genuinely yeah. remarkable candidates. It's not I like mean, there's somebody who is standing out head and shoulders it, above it, the others. It comes back again to what an MVP is. Is an MVP a guy who, you know, if I think if you put Lamar Jackson on the Seahawks, the Seahawks don't have as good a record. If you put Russell Wilson on the Ravens, I think their record is exactly the same. That's that's the reality. So, uh, And for me, that is why the, the name MVP is stupid, because... You're debating who's the most valuable. It's a it's an unquantifiable thing in many ways. But uh, for me, I think it's easy to underplay what Wilson's doing simply because what he's doing is conventional. Whereas Lamar, it's it's something we kind of haven't seen before. Although I would quibble with that as well. Thanksgiving week, I've got a little assignment for the listeners. Go back. <laughs> I'm and excited. Watch I'm excited about RG three's performance on Thanksgiving against the Cowboys in his rookie season. I remember watching that vividly because my view at the time was that football was changing in front of my eyes. I was watching a guy who was going to change the NFL for the next 15 years. Now, this to pour cold water on the Lamar thing, I think Lamar is very special. I think that with the right tutelage in the right situation, he can continue to be very special, which is not what happened to RG3 in Washington, albeit not because, in my opinion, of Mike Shanahan, but because of... RG3's ego combined with the shambolic situation that still exists in Washington. But if if you asked anybody that night, they were watching a transcendent talent who was changing the face of the NFL for then and for the future. I thought it was very ironic that three days before Thanksgiving this year, RG3 came into the game to replace Lamar Jackson essentially for clean-up duty as his backup quarterback. Now, I'm not suggesting for one moment the same thing's going to happen because obviously RG3 had a horrific knee injury in his rookie season, but all I would say is just slow it down a little bit. I have, it, I've it, seen this script before with Greg Roman and Colin Kaepernick. I've seen Colin Kaepernick run all over the Green Bay Packers in big playoff games. I've seen Colin Kaepernick get to the Super Bowl. I've seen it all kind of before. The only thing I would say that's slightly different with Lamar to both of those guys is he has got a level of athleticism and speed that even Michael Vick, for me, is best can't touch. And that play where he drops the ball, picks it back up, and essentially nearly runs for a touchdown is just, you know, you can have... I'm still of the belief that the Ravens probably lose a playoff game and get shut down, but players like that make me think, actually, can they? Because you can have the greatest defensive scheme in the world, unless you can stop that kind of play, which is what Lamar Jackson can seemingly do at any given time in a game. And and keep in mind, this isn't a scramble the, the that scra- gets you a first down. It's a scramble that gets you 30, 40 yards. The scramble that got him down to the two-yard line yeah, last incredible. night when the pocket had completely collapsed around him was just ridiculous. I mean, it's like, you know, anyone who's watching the NFL 100 stuff at the minute, the, the first week with Belichick and Collinsworth breaking down 
the 100 greatest players of all time was running backs. Now, you watch that footage of Jim Brown and actually, you know, Marion Motley, the, the, the 1950s Browns running back as well. And it's like watching men against boys. Now, obviously, from a physical profile, the Lamar Jackson scenario is different. But in terms of speed, it is like watching a 21-year-old sprinter on the field with a high school team. I mean, he has just got... So much athleticism, and this isn't in any way to to denigrate his passing prowess, which is improving by the week. I mean, I thought that, again, Greg Roman is doing a great job. If you watch the throws this week, they are concepts to beat the defence and their first read, get the ball out. Lamar deserves credit for that. What have we praised Tom Brady and Peyton Manning for for the last 20 years? It's that ability to get the ball out in two seconds. I think Roman is doing an incredible job of scheming it up. And there's a longer-term question with the Ravens about if Greg Roman gets a head coaching job, how does it look? Because it's very difficult to find somebody who has done what Greg Roman's done in, in professional football over a period of time. However, for this season right now, they are a terrifying, terrifying proposition. And, and, and they're getting better as well. Their defence is yeah. getting better by the week. So, yeah, I mean, right now... There's no slowing down today, is there? If you're power ranking it... <laughs> I've been thinking about this on the train the whole time. You know, if you're power ranking it, the Ravens are number one, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. Uh, I think the Ravens would be number one, and I think the LA Rams have dropped down to somewhere smack bang in the middle of the pack, uh, if not below that, because as much as their defence is hugely improved, and on the back end, we've talked about this with uh, uh, the signing of Marcus Peters, but with uh, yeah, Marlon Humphrey's been brilliant, with the safeties, with Earl Thomas slowly working his way into the game, has been massive for them. Uh, I, they, they look good on every level on both sides of the ball, but... Uh, I would ge- generally, I thought that maybe the Rams would give them a bit of a game. And they got shellacked both sides of the ball. It was nigh on embarrassing. And, uh, and for to see, you can hear the shuffling going on. That is because finally, for the first time since one drunken podcast after a London game after the Hippodrome... I'm not sure where Ollie was at, though. I'm not sure we've ever recorded a podcast, the three of us in studio. I mean, this is a monumental occasion. It's amazing, isn't it? It's hey, buddy! Hey, guys. How was work? Uh, glad it's over. Okay. No, 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 it's fine. Wow. It's fine. It was fine. Where are we? I hear you're talking about... We literally just talked about this game. Oh, Lamar. We've been holding off on talking about the Packers 49ers until you arrive. Oh, brilliant. Thanks for that. So let's talk about take... that right now. The <laughs> San Francisco 49ers 37, the Green Bay Packers 8. It was the performance feel that like the 49ers needed after the three tough divisional games over the recent weeks. Um, it still wasn't a game that as much as it, the, the blowout looks pretty stark after the big Kittle touchdown in the second half. But it was really all about that late-in-the-first-half swing for me. Before that, the Packers' defence were right in it. The 49ers had one drive where they where they moved for the field goal, but other than that, hadn't had more than five or six plays on a drive. And it just suddenly swung on the touchdown, three-and-out, field goal drive at the end of the first half. It never felt like the Packers were coming back into it after that. Ollie, what's kind of your? We've heard from Aaron Jones today saying good teams don't lose twice in a row, etc. But what's your honest assessment on where the Packers are on the season overall after Sunday? Well, you were saying it. It was the performance that the Forty ers were looking for, and you were kind of expecting. I think Sherry, you'd agree with me. It was the performance that, if you're really being honest and truthful with yourself as a Green Bay Packer fan, that we were expecting the offense hasn't done anything to to quell or quash the the problems that were envisaged at the beginning of the season and the defense where it did play well in parts couldn't couldn't really hang on to the San Francisco 
offence. So it wasn't surprising. It's It wasn't actually upsetting because you could see it happening yeah. and the, it was a slow death in front of your in front of your eyes and um i think i heard the the highlights from talksport 2 today from the other day and um the 49ers just strangled the the packers offense and rogers at the moment i i was asked to do a top 5 there's a, everyone's banging on about top 5 Q, uh, top 5 lists here at talksport and i was bang and, and i was asked to do a top 5 Pack, uh, well, quarterbacks in the, in the league right now on on actual performances this year Rodgers isn't in my no, top five no. and I don't think he's even that close I've got a question for you Ollie just, just very quickly Lamar Russell Wilson no no, no you've got to go from five to one that's, oh that's yeah it. I'm just going to throw the five uh, out there if we start getting Russ, into order Russell Wilson number one Patrick Mahomes number two Lamar number three yeah, I know. Okay, I know. No, it's, but I'm not talking go. MVP. I'm no, talking no, we're talking pure, performance purely. this season. Oh, performance this season. Lamar Wilson. Lamar Wilson, Mahomes. In the mix. I would as well, yeah. Um, Watson on this season. Sean, yeah, absolutely. Sean was in there, yeah. Who would be number five? Mm. It definitely wouldn't be any of the ones you you would think. I mean, Breeze has been injured a lot of the year. Played well when... Brady's he's not being downfield. We'll talk about Dak, but Dak does... Dak, Dak's number five. D- uh, Dak's Dak, not on my number five. Dak's not mine. I'm not I, after I that performance in, five. Best offensive in the football. rain. I think Dak just about sneaks in at five, but that says more You know, it would have been before he got injured, and man, they miss him, and I actually miss him. It's Matt Stafford. I think Matt, Matt Stafford was yeah, brilliant this year. Mix, yeah. Matt shout. Stafford would be the one, and it's such a shame that he's not going to be in for... For Thanksgiving, so that that is would, it. Jacoby Brissett would be in the conversation. Who's bothering with the six pm game this Thursday? Really? I mean, I'll watch oh. it. It's the only game on, but yeah, it's not. It's not <laughs> intriguing. I've got a question for you, Ollie. Why? I? How many times can you name me games? He asked, he asked me this question in the pub before. The, how, uh, how many games before. can you name me where particularly Brady, but certainly Wilson's in the conversation as well, have been blown out as badly as Aaron Rodgers and the Packers were the other night, and then. Contrast that against how many times can you think? I mean, I can think of three to four playoff games where Rodgers has been blown mm. out that badly. I can think of one playoff game in Brady's career where he's been blown out that badly. Yeah, well, it's it's plenty. It's, and, and, it's and, loads. And it's actually. part of the conversation for me because you know there was a there was a brief spell where Rodgers was mentioned in that greatest of all time conversation. He he's not even close outside of passer rating, which is more product of the fact that he is too safe with the ball, which is why he never mm. throws interceptions. And I said to Will, and unless my you can look this up, Will, but unless my reading of the statistics is wrong, I think this game put Aaron Rodgers sub five hundred on the road in his career. Wow, which is which is an astonishing is, stat. Now I'm aware that quarterback wins all that. You know, it's not all about the quarterback, but. There's a theme there, and I've watched Tom Brady so much. Now, I'm aware Aaron Rodgers isn't propped up to a degree by Bill Belichick, the greatest coach of all time, but I have also watched so many New England games where the coaching plan hasn't worked, where the defence hasn't been good. The The Atlanta Super Bowl is the, is the absolute perfect example of this, where everything is going wrong, and he just finds a way. And I see the same in Russell Wilson. Just, just to be clear, he means the Super Bowl against Atlanta rather than the Super Bowl in Atlanta. Yeah. Because but, you were in both. Yeah, but but similar similar to that. So I think if the Rams had scored 20 points in the Super Bowl last year, Tom Brady would have found a way to get towards 20 points. Because I've seen him do it a million, a million and one times. When the game demands it, I've seen him do it. I remember 
that the Seahawks played, and I put Wilson in that conversation because I very specifically look for certain things in quarterbacks, and it's really performances when the chips are down. That's what I look for. I saw Russell Wilson once go 28-0 down to the Carolina Panthers team who went 15-1 and in the divisional round. And the Panthers had to score a touchdown at the end of that game to win it. I've seen Brady and, do and, it And yet, times. when we were talking in the pub before the show, we were discussing the teams who could win the Super Bowl this year. And I said with the Vikings, look at the performances of Kirk Cousins over the last seven weeks where they're 6-1 and one and he's been absolutely brilliant. He went, yeah, but they were 20 points down to the and Broncos. And they came back and won a game, which the last 99 times before yeah. that no one else has. And then I accepted that point. Yeah, and said that whatever. Ultimately, I think you gain more from a win like that than you do a blowout but the point is for me the biggest detraction of Aaron Rodgers was the year the Giants won the last Super Bowl the Packers went 15 and 1 I mm. think they were 13 and 0 at one point because they lost to the Chiefs didn't they in the, in the game that stopped the unbeaten season that that Giants team was not good and I say that as a Patriots fan who they beat in the Super Bowl the only reason they beat a very average Patriots team in the Super Bowl that year was because Gronkowski was on one leg after injuring himself in the AFC title game against the Ravens. That Actually, the Patriots didn't deserve to win. And they went into Lambeau Field against a 15-1 and Packers team, and they blew them out. Blew them out. I can think of two playoff games, both actually against the Ravens, where the Patriots have been properly blown out. And and they were both at home against the Ravens. Actually, one of them was was the season after that when the Ravens won the Super Bowl. And I wouldn't say they were blown. I'm really out, enjoying you just heavily. bringing up all these really negative memories for Ollie. It's brilliant. Let's <laughs> let's remember when the 49ers went into Lambeau, of course, and uh, absolutely blew them out. When yeah, Colin Kaepernick had 220 odd yards on the ground. Uh, yeah, let's remember the time where. Uh, <laughs> well, let's remember the time. If, if, if Where you're in talking Seattle, about you should have won, well, but that's then it. the hands yeah. team went wrong. And uh, let's remember. Sorry, I'm just. You know, I'm not going to put all that one. The on. fail Mary. Let's, <laughs> let's let's blame him for the fail Mary, I'm shall gonna, we? I'm not going to. Here we that, go. I'm not going to put that on Rogers. But, <laughs> no, but it was a serious question. Like we don't judge Aaron Rodgers by quarterback standards. We judge them by all-time quarterback yep. standards. Now you could level the same argument at Manning, and that the argument was leveled at him. I'm not sure it's levelled at Rodgers enough. Do you know what I think his biggest problem is, Rodgers? I think he's too emotional. I think he starts getting upset and worked up about it. And we saw in the game against San Francisco on Sunday where he gets a little bump as he goes out. He was Emmanuel Mosley. He gives him a little nudge out of bounds. But it's, it's... And he turns around and his face is like absolute thunder. And when the chips are down, you see that face an awful lot. You see, maybe with Brady, he'll he'll chuck chuck something about. But generally, he doesn't do that with Manning. Both the Mannings, they're like robots. They don't yeah, have yeah. emotions. Russell w- Wilson, Wilson's he, the most positive man on the planet. But he he keeps yeah. all of that in yeah. check. You never see him losing his whatsoever. Brees, Same similar. with Brees. Aaron Rodgers, everything has to be going his own way. And I'm not. And when it doesn't team. go his own way, toys come out of the pram. Starts blaming it. Everyone else. He also starts. He does blame himself. He gets frustrated with himself. And we saw in the in the Ravens game, Lamar was getting frustrated with himself for not finishing a run or, or whatever. And that's okay. But he's done something good. Rogers hasn't done anything good, really. He, the occasional pretty throw. But he hasn't done anything good for a few years. They were Owen. Well, I think they were one and fifteen on third down conversions and Owen yeah. three on fourth down conversions. It's just not like even against they, the defense that they good. got one fourth down before they got the third down. Right. So I mean, it but was still, something like that. But it's yeah. still ridiculous. And, and and I just feel like so many. I mean, 
Cy Clancy, who obviously we love and is a big part of this show, but he's a massive Aaron Rodgers fan. But, I mean, his answer is that he's a wide receiver and a tight end. Well, all I saw is the Green Bay Packers invest a shed load of money in their defence this year. That's how the NFL works. You don't have everything. If you could build a, a roster with everything, you would win the Super Bowl every year. You'd, and and what you need is... All I've heard for years is he's never had a defence. And, and, yeah. and what you need is people to step up in the moment and to, to focus on the other side of this game. What I think has been really impressive about this 49ers what gives me hope for these next two pretty tough road games is that yes there's a lot of focus on all those first round picks on the on the defensive front no D Ford in this game but still really impressive but then you look at guys like Emmanuel Mosley like Jimmy Ward who was a second or third round pick but six years ago and has had injury problems and has never really flashed they have really really picked their game up on that side you, you lose Emmanuel Sanders and you get someone like Debo Samuel who has eight catches for 150 yards yeah, the last I'm two weeks on one of the and, yeah <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I, I do think that, like, as, as much as it was a bad Packers performance, there was a lot to be massively positive about it's on the a, other side a, of the ball. It's a boom or bust defensive scheme as well, the Packers. Like, mm-hmm. they, they have a lot of, like, as you saw in that game, you'd have three drives in a row with three and outs, but then you give up three big plays. But it, alongside that, that defensive scheme is really predicated on playing from ahead. I mean, the difficulty of going against it is if if you're going against it and they start doing all the things to do with the rushes and they get you into a passing game, that's the blueprint they've built. They've looked at Aaron Rodgers, thought we're going to be ahead in game, similar to what Bill Paulian did with Manning years ago with the two edge rushes. Get ahead and then go after them. And and, and if they don't get ahead, if you have... How many three and outs were there at the start of that game? If you have that, then that their whole formula for victory can't work if you have all those three and outs. Right, let, let me ask what, you. What I, what I love from San Francisco... Is that, I'll, I'll listen to this. Is that four-man rush? Is the seven men restricting yeah. wide receivers? The four-man rush is unreal. And all right, Balaga goes out. By the way, he goes out every game. Either him or Bakhtiari. Every game, one of them goes out for the rest of the game. It's not like they've they've kept those guys healthy. But when you can rely, those four can rely on the seven behind to 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 restrict the offense. Man, that that is such a combination. What a combination. And best defense in certainly the NFC. Wow. Wow, wow. So much fun to watch if if you take away from the fact that it was against Green Bay. Um the two the last things I wanted to highlight on the 49ers side, because we were talking about Jimmy Garoppolo and, and how he's still the question mark on this side of the ball and what the the inceptions and stuff. He obviously had a good game this past weekend. I thought he was uh, there was the decision by Kyle Shanahan is one thing I want to highlight at the tackle position when they took Justin Skewell out of the game, brought in a guy who'd been playing right tackle in relief for four weeks, and suddenly the whole offense, like four drives of three and out, followed by two drives touchdown field goal after making that decision, completely shut down Zadarius Smith. I thought that was a really beautiful piece of coaching. There were a couple of moments in this game from uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. The, the Jimmy Kittle touchdown was ridiculous from a perspective of Jimmy George Jimmy, G- Jimmy Garoppolo and George Kittle what did I, did I say Jimmy Kittle oh, I like, I like- <laughs> we'll do that yeah, let's do that from now on um, there's Jimmy Kittle to- is uh, there- yeah, what a combo he Jimmy ch- Kittle he changed the play at the line of scrimmage to the um, to the play fake and then made the decision in the play itself. He had a guy, his first read was the open guy in the flat who was open for the first down and yet in the middle of the play checked to the Kittle pass because he was open. That's what we need to see. That's what we need to see is that field of vision. 
But there was I'll, a brilliant a stat. Let me let me just give you this quickly. After his ten intercep- after his ten interceptions this year, on the drives following that, he's been thirty for thirty five for over three hundred and fifty yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, he, he just it's water off a duck's back. And when yeah. you're talking about guys who can be that level headed, that's why I've got excited about him again. Suddenly, it's just that. He just doesn't let these things phase him at I all. I think you're well set. I mean, I, I've thought that... Oh, I'm I was, so excited. I was a little bit worried with the with the Seahawks game, but it wasn't worried, press the panic button worried. It was, he still isn't quite ready yet. You remember, he's young in terms of games played. I mean, his age belies his inexperience, doesn't it? So, yeah, I mean, I think... That, he's, he's still you, started as, as it's, few it's games ve- as Sam Darnold. Yeah, yeah. It's very like, difficult to have the 49ers record without a good quarterback. And his overall record... As a starting quarterback, is seventeen what? and three. Yeah, ridiculous. Who? So who finishes one seed in the NFC? That's what I wanted to ask. You I both. think I think you'll beat the. I think you'll beat the Saints two weeks and it'll be you. But then, yeah, right. If we lose to the Ravens this weekend and beat the Saints, that puts us at the two loss point. Is it Ravens at home or away? It's Ravens on the road, Saints on the road. Ooh. Yeah, exactly. I, I think it's I, not I, broken kindly. I, I, think, <laughs> I think you've got the personnel to beat the Ravens as well, though. So. Oh, if they won this weekend, then I probably shouldn't do the podcast next weekend because I'll get overexcited. My problem is that the Seahawks, the toughest game left on their schedule is this upcoming game this weekend against the Vikings, and it's at home. We know what the Vikings are like on the road. You go beyond that, and then you've got the Rams on the road, the Panthers on the road, but both those teams in the last few weeks have, you know, stripes have been truly shown. Then the Cardinals at home, they played us really tough. Maybe they will play them tough, but you feel like a team that are at that point are going to be 12-2 and two should deal with them. That means we're going to be talking about week 17, two 13-2 teams potentially going head-to-head in Seattle. We could end up with a situation where the 49ers right now are 10-1 and one and are going to finish in the fifth seed. Do you know why I love the NFL? <laughs> Do you know why I hate the NFL? Because of that. Something you've just touched upon. The Los Angeles Rams this time last year had just beaten the Kansas City Chiefs in that ge- that yeah. that great game that you boys yeah. were at. Yeah. At that time, yeah. if you asked us, yeah. the Rams were the next team yeah. in the NFL. Yeah. And right now they're coming off that defeat to the Ravens, and you're not, and you're not really and you're not really talking about it. We're not really. No. We're not. Re- we're not. Leading the show now on the team who lost last year's Super Bowl. And how bad and, Jared and Goff how, is. How and, bad Jared yeah. Goff is, which, by the way, I'm going to get the WhatsApp group <laughs> chat open from pre from last year when literally everybody laughed at me when I said I still don't think he's very good. Whoa, 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 and, whoa. and how... I've, I've he's so that, pathetic, I've been on that how McVeigh, how McVeigh hasn't adjusted to his scheme being found out, which I think is the biggest storyline. Mm. Um, and, and, and I still believe in Sean McVeigh. I still think he will. But next year's Rams are going to be fascinating to watch, both in the off-season and then when it starts, because, I mean, Goff just doesn't look... Does Goff look any better than Mark Sanchez? No. And when you look right at... Right now. And when you look at <laughs> you know, the... It's um, like 20 games of evidence. And when you look at how much they're going to owe him over the next four seasons, and they have to pay... Um, Jalen Ramsey, given the amount of picks, yep. that was based. That, by the way, was the only good thing that ESPN did last night. There's a Guardian article about how bad Monday Night Football coverage is. It's become almost unwatchable, unwatchable yep. with with the Bugger the and coverage. Joe. They're just dreadful, absolutely garbage. The the yeah, thanks. Just found the soundboard after two years of not using it. Absolute. Garbage! Oh my god! It is, yeah. Thanks. I mean, you've got you know Tessitore who 
who treats everything with this outrageous, grandiose nonsense, and then Booger, who just... He's rubbish. Booger. And yeah, that Booger. in your accent is beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Booger's name in your accent is very onomatopoeic. Absolutely. Oh, it's lovely. Right. Um, there's still lots of games to get into from this past weekend. Oh, still lots yeah. of storylines. We will talk about uh, that. The the uh, the Cowboys. By the way, they're going to have no problem paying all those players because what's going to happen is that Jerry Jones is going to realise he's still got to play both Dak Prescott and Amari Cooper. He's going to make all the owners up the salary cap by an extra twenty million, and everyone will go, "Yes, Jerry. No, Jerry. Three bags full, Jerry." And then they'll still end up being rubbish because Jason Garrett won't leave. Have you seen today? He's completely gone back on his comments and said that. The performance on Sunday is as much on his shoulders as anyone else's. Well, it is, because he keeps on playing the court, you hear? It's a cat- massive gonna, catch-22, I've written it? a whole piece for the next mag cover story, the next mag on, because we're at the Cowboys-Lions game, on the Spectre And of it's brand new information. America's <laughs> team, and just the whole... The whole aura that surrounds it and how the current team isn't living up to Can it. Can I ask you, where, <laughs> where does it rank in your top five... Dome stadiums. Uh, number one, Ford Field is amazing. What better than AT and T? Yeah, I love Ford Field. Oh, I love AT and T. Have you been? Have you been? No, no, I've never no. been to Ford Field. Honestly, I had no. There idea. are some great, like as much. I'm someone who doesn't like a dome stadium, no, particularly up I. in the north. But now you've got Minnesota, Indianapolis, Ford Field, AT and T, Ford Field. There's some good domes right Ford now in the NFL, and obviously Atlanta. the Superdome. Superdome Atlanta. Oh, five or six really good. I, I had no expectations for Ford Field and was blown away. It's absolutely sensitive. Why? 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 Or do we need to read the magazine? You... No, I don't really get into that. So, great. Oh, there's another <laughs> another you. article for you there, pal. Another double page. That's all I need, isn't it? Yeah, double page. Yeah, <laughs> it's incredible. I mean, we did the big house the day What's before. And... Big house. This is why we don't do it all in the same room. <laughs> right, I've taken a break. It's Ollie's going to go get his podcast. charger for me, and then we're going to come back and round off the games. Hi everyone, it's Dev off the radio here. We're doing a brand new podcast from LucasAid Sport called Running the Show. And I'm Sam Thompson from Made in Chelsea. Hey. I'll be joining annoying slash being overly affectionate with Dev <laughs> for the next 12 weeks as we both take up running for the first time. Make sure you join us on all your podcast providers to find out which one of us is killing the training and which one of us is hating every second. Probably me. Hey, mate, it's me, your hunch. Cheltenham is here, and with Betway's four to win, we can get in on the action completely free. All we have to do is pick the winner of four races to win 50 grand every day. Mmm, 50 grand. We could buy our own horse. Next year, we'll be cheering for Monsieur Victory, or Sir Hunch-a-Lot, or Dr. Winderace, or His Hunchness, Hunchy Boo. Heed your hunch with Betway's four to win for a free chance to win up to 50 grand every day at Cheltenham. Selections must be submitted before the start of the first eligible race. One entry per customer per day. Full terms apply. 18 plus. Be gambleaware.org. Sweet Guinness. You're listening. <laughs> I'm leaving that in. Absolutely. <laughs> You're listening to the Gridiron Show. Will Gavin, Ollie Hunter, and Matt Sherry all in the same studio. Who would have known? It became tangent heavy. All that matters is our plan. It's the um the by the way podcast. <laughs> I counted four by the ways. One from each of us, and then a, a, another one in the ether from someone else. What What I like about it as well is that we by the way ourselves. Oh, and by the way, to myself. Yeah, like, sorry, you're interrupting yourself to make a point. Absolutely. 
Right. Yeah. We've got two more games to talk about that, that are really key games from this weekend. Uh, I'm just having a quick flick through to make sure that's true. Like, well done to Buffalo. You want a game of football. Good for you. The Titans blowing out the Jags. Good job, guys. I mean, yeah, we're proud of you. Uh, the Je- <laughs> <laughs> I love the Tannehill touchdown run where he almost somersaults into the end zone. That was great. Well, just he, to confirm, guys, we're about to go for the best Guinness in the U in the UK. Yeah, in the UK. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Republic Ireland isn't in the UK. So. And also some Chinese food. So we're trying to hurry this. Yeah. The Jets have scored thirty-four points for three straight yeah, weeks. Well done, guys. Sam Darnold looking Helmets pretty good. Yeah. Called it. Proud of him. Uh, <laughs> Nothing. No, no. All right. Uh, Steelers Bengals confirm that Doug Hodges will be starting next weekend. So there's news for you. Ducky, hook uh, it up. Bears, Ducky. Bears. I think there should be a bed for this. This is a wonderful way to round up the rest of the games. Uh, the Bears Giants. That was a game of football. Uh, oh my god, wasn't that bad? <laughs> not, not convinced it was. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, There'll be another one kicking get, off Thanksgiving. Get, guess what? The Falcons aren't a good, good good team after all. They just had a couple of good performances. Uh, oh, you're not even saying who they played. <laughs> the Buccaneers. Thank you. Uh, Washington 19, Detroit Lions 16. This is worth talking about briefly because of the ridiculous social media hand-wringing over the fact that Dwayne Haskins missed the Neil down at the end of the game. It's it's a bad look. It's is for, is, for, is it is for, it for a guy who quite clearly has a bad attitude in the first place. <laughs> I mean, that is you imposing your view on what his attitude is. I mean, it's, it's well known, isn't it? Rub- he's rubbish. I've got <laughs> that was the best part. He was absolutely crap. He's in the game. rubbish, and for anyone that saw the game against Purdue. Uh, when he was, what is he, Ohio, wasn't yeah, he? Ohio, so. Where he couldn't cope with the raucous atmosphere. You could just see from that one game, he wouldn't make it in the NFL. Rubbish quarterback. I'm going to say it, rubbish bloke. <laughs> Sorry, there, there were actually three more games to talk about. Should we mention, I mean, Saints-Panthers, 34-31 was a great yeah, game of football. That, yeah. We should talk about it. Will Lutz with the 33-yard field goal as time expired to win this one. Uh, a, a, a game which was pretty uh, pretty messy in the final quarter, but lots of momentum shifts, lots of lead I mean, changes. Carolina missed a, what, what, at least in the, their own minds, a game-winning. Yeah. 28-yard field goal. Well done, Joey Sly. 28 <laughs> yards. You gotta love the guy hurdling the uh, hurdling the pile though. Twenty. <laughs> sorry, any, sorry. Any, how many else? Anything under thirty <laughs> is immediate fireable offence. You uh, would have made that. I mean, we've seen me do it. Many I, times. I would have made that. We've seen me do it in conditions where the net is so low that you literally have to drill it low. Drill it, yeah. And pop yeah, them straight yeah. through. Is I'm there still, I'm, that I'm I can still see not that online. Yeah, absolutely. If you, I, I can retweet it right yeah, now. There we go. Yeah, there we go. Of course you can. And I'll, re- I'll retreat you being shot down by the guy until last season had the most points in NFL But again, I, oh, I'm not you, getting into it anymore. What is that the net is so low, you have to kick it low. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Had I yeah. kicked it high, it was good from 60. I think his exact words... <laughs> it was good from 60. <laughs> his exact words were, it would have hit the centre in the arse. Plus you didn't have many burly men bearing down on you, including one man leaping over the centre who you're about to hit in the arse with the ball. Uh, I, I don't, I mean... Why does he keep saying arse? It's great for the Good Saints to, to pull out the win after the, the rough loss in division to the Falcons. I don't think we learnt a huge amount from this game about them, I don't though. think it's so great that Ma- the Panthers, from Michael Thomas and, is a hero. I think we might have wrote off... Kyle and by Allen. the way... <laughs> Let's not hear that. <laughs> right. It was a joke one. It was a joke one. 
I think we might have written off Kyle Allen a little bit too soon. Played well. Trouble on that he was able to drive down the field on the strength of the Saints team. That's a good point. Drew Brees can't throw the ball downfield anymore. However, his accuracy on short to intermediate <laughs> throws absolutely is, is ludicrous. So, <laughs> like... I, it's I, right I, up there with Lamar's. I struggle to know. I mean, that's ludicrous on another end. But, yeah, I struggle to know whether... I it, agree with you in full, Ollie. Well Whether said. it'll impact Thank them. You. I'm interested to see... You know, next week's game's big because Santa Clara obviously isn't going to be called, but if... Sorry, they, when are they playing in Santa Clara? Well, if you listen, you'll hear. If the 49ers win and get the number one seed and those two teams end up playing in an NFC title game mm. that would be in Santa Clara because San Francisco got the number one seed, then it could be interesting <laughs> to see if that does yeah. impact Breeze outside. You try, yeah. Just trying to look for opportunities where he might have to play it on the road in conditions because when it's called, that's when... That lack of arm strength will really become an issue. Well, we saw someone struggle when it was cold. Two, two quarterbacks struggle when it was cold. And rainy. Out, and rainy and outside. But the Patriots I mean, squeezed, I saw one, I saw one quarterback squeezed struggling that through. Game. Brady had a really underrated game. Big bounce back game from the Eagles game. I think six drops. You put them onto the stat sheet and it's a different story. I Sorry, thought, it, do thought you need should, to take glasses? No, pal. I mean, it's not glasses. I mean, I thought he should... I wasn't impressed with him against the Eagles. I thought he played really well in this game. If you if you measure it throw by throw, which I've done, I struggle to find any I have a, a huge issue with. For example, even one at the start of the game to James White, he throws it right at the sticks and mm. White clearly runs his route too deep. I mean, there were, there were a few things like that, which is really what's afflicting the Patriots' offence at the moment. But for, for me, the, the, you know, Dak wasn't awful. I thought the look of him needing to put that glove on in the second quarter, summed up... I mean, we can talk about the special teams with the Cowboys, and, and certainly I've written a little bit about that in the piece I mentioned, but him needing to put that... I didn't know anything on. about the Cowboys special teams in there. <laughs> well, that didn't go down well, did it? It literally did. <laughs> uh, no, but for, th- for the podcast listeners, Matthew Sherry just gave Will Gavin an Aaron Rodgers-esque stare. <laughs> No, but um, <laughs> he told me he told me earlier that he doesn't have a bad temperament. But do 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 you not think do you not think though that the fact he needs to put that glove on at the point he did in the game when his accuracy was clearly so bad at the start summed up everything that was wrong with the Cowboys. The Patriots practiced in similar conditions on Wednesday; they were prepared for that kind of game, and Dallas weren't. It, despite the fact that the conditions were actually slightly better than what was forecast, I mean, it just summed it up for me. And and yeah, I mean that game overall, I think sums up why the Cowboys are where they are and why the Patriots are what they are. I mean, it was like a microcosm of both teams' last two decades in a game. We talked about this, Sherry, but the the fact that there are a couple of teams who could end up in the Super Bowl this year who uh, could get there on the strength of a late trade. We talked about Marcus Peters to the Baltimore Ravens. And we talked about... Quandre Diggs to the Seahawks. Who was great again in this last game. Who was brilliant, and we'll get to that in a moment. Has there been a less impactful trade than Mohamed Sanu to the New England Patriots for a second round pick. I mean, he was injured in this game. Didn't he score a touchdown in his first and game? And he also well? had 10 catches two games ago, so probably not. I disagree. I think it's a dreadful, dreadful decision for a second round pick to go out and pick up that player. But knowing the Patriots, he'll go and have an impact in the play. I mean, so. he, uh, literally the last game where he was healthy, he had 10 catches. So it's... Against who? Uh, who did the play before the Eagles? The Ravens? No, no, it was the game after the Ravens. Oh, maybe it was the Ravens. Yeah, it was. In the loss of the Ravens. I did the beta team. 
No, it was. It was the Ravens game. Yeah, <laughs> <It's> just, the, <laughs> he, had, he had ten catches on the road. Quality of the internet at, uh, at TalkSport was really late. He had ten catches on the road in Baltimore, so, I mean... I mean, I wouldn't say he was great in that game, but certainly there were some good signs. The main thing from this game is that Jason Garrett yet again got horrendously outcoached in the NFL because he's not an NFL coach. Although I would defend coach. him on the fourth and seven, I wouldn't defend. I'll explain why they were never. <laughs> that, that's what that's what you want when you ask the question. Why, Sherry, were... is ideally an explanation. They were never converting the fourth and seven. So for me, you give yourself a chance, which they had, to have two minutes left to actually win the game as opposed to tying it and. What I would quibble with where against the deep right, just, where just, just come back wrong. on that point. Just okay. come back on that point first. Against a team where you've not got it down into the red zone yet, where teams don't generally convert down there as a general rule, so you've still got to score a touchdown. And against a team that you've played pretty hard defensively and they've had the drops and everything, force the Patriots to start from their own five yard line, even though you've not converted on the fourth and seven. I mean, it, or wasn't, it wasn't the five yard no, line. No, but it but could have been like, what we, where was the, the first down marker was around the five yard line. So even if they would get four and five, then you're still forcing them to start from inside their own 10. I think you give yourself a better opportunity of getting a shorter field on another touchdown I, I drive. Would, I would do what they did and, and then back Dak Prescott, who has an exceptional record in two-minute drills at the end of games. But what I would quibble with is the calls on second and third down, because for me... Oh, they made it, it so obvious that they were going to... The issue, the issue wasn't the fourth and seven call. It was letting it get to fourth and seven. If you make the determination earlier on that you're going to go for it on fourth down, then you call second and third down very differently to how the Cowboys did. So, for me, the mistake wasn't made at fourth and seven when I have, I just don't think they would have converted it. It was made on second and seven when you think, we've got three downs here. Mm. Our best chance against this defence is running the ball. Let's run the ball and then set up at worst fourth and two, fourth and one, and then the, the full playbook's open. You definitely go for it in that spot. So, for me, the issue wasn't fourth and seven specifically it was the two calls before fourth and seven which comes back to Garrett's inability to to see the bigger picture for me he should be on the headset there at second and seven saying right we're in four down territory so let's play and and call our our game plan accordingly what he needs is a Ravens or 49ers-esque kind of uh, technical stat guy who's looking at these things I don't think you even need that I mean what's his excuse you're not calling any players You've got an offensive coordinator who's calling the offensive players. You're not calling the defensive players. What's your excuse? Your whole job in that instance is to manage the game. Now, if you watch the the NFL films from the last Super Bowl, just little things like Belichick is in McDaniel's ear just saying, we're in field goal range, Josh. That is a tiny thing, but I would love to listen to every coach mic'd Mm. up because I don't think that other coaches are doing that. I don't think they're managing the game. And that Jason Garrett in that instance should be saying, we're in fourth down territory. It, it's funny you say that because you often see these head coaches who aren't involved either with the offense or the defense, not even looking at what's going on on the on the field. Yeah, exactly. I, you saw with the Rams game, McVeigh, he's off with Jared Goff whilst and, uh, whilst I mean, the defense is on the field. It's Be- weird. Be- Belichick does a bit of that now because he he's so comfortable in, yeah. in McDaniel's, and he does a little bit of that, but. You know, we can't compare everyone to Belichick. I mean, the the the, the other example. The but other you extreme, should be. The That's the point. Andy, everyone should be following that lead. The the other extreme is is Andy Reid. I mean, you know, he never sees the defense on the field because he's too busy buried in his giant play sheet. I mean, yeah. uh, your job as we'll a head coach should be yeah should be managing the game and 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 at least with the likes of Reid. You know, Andy Reid. 
it's an unusual example because he's so good at calling plays. He's so good as an offensive mind and play caller. Then fair enough a little bit. Although the, the, then the Chiefs should hire somebody to manage the game. Jason Garrett has no excuse. That is literally your only job. So when you, when you, when you kick returners at 10 yards deep in the end zone and New England are kicking into the wind, you should be looking at that and saying, get up, get 10 yards. That, I couldn't Don't believe run that. up yeah. and try and catch the ball. Be in the position where it's clearly going to land. That is literally Jason Garrett's job. So the fourth and seven is not a defence of Jason Garrett. It's the specific defence of that call on fourth mm. and seven. However, I would say that from second and third and seven, you know, knock yourself out. With We've spoken too much about Jason Garrett. It does sound like he's he could be on the way out finally, Jerry Jones, with the frustration, even though, as I said today, he has reversed his, he uh, his comments a little bit. Yeah, with the talent they've got there, there is no one wasting a roster more than they are yeah. right now. But in terms still, of top to bottom talent. And the Browns. And, but they're still within a but chance no, but of making I, I the playoffs. Think, but I don't think the Browns have the, the same no, talent as the... No, they don't have the same defensive talent. They've got an exciting young up-and-coming defence, but they don't have the but same have level of talent. talent. But the fact is is that they don't... Baker Mayfield isn't Dak Prescott yet. He's got the potential, but don't he's not there yet. offensive line. I think it's and the offensive line is nowhere near but, as good. But then Dallas are leading their division in the Browns. Uh, if we were doing a pure race. talent ranking of the NFL, which, by the way, would make a fantastic article, if you had every team coached by the same person who would come out on top based on talent purely, I'd have the Browns a good few places below I the think it Cowboys. Would, the Browns and the Cowboys could arguably be one and two. I can't have the Browns that high. Just not I mean, certainly the, certainly, certainly the Cowboys are, are, are right in the conversation yeah, for absolutely. number one. I, absolutely. Mean, I think the 49ers are potentially number one overall. Getting up there in that direction. Oh, come on, man. Saints are in you that direction. Like. You know what he's like. No, no, but pure talent-wise, because yeah, yeah, they yeah. have had yeah. so many first-round picks because yeah, exactly. they've been dreadful I mean, it's, for years. It's just a, it's just and they've landed on most of them. Chicken's coming home to roost scenario, yeah, isn't exactly. it? I mean, and it won't last forever, but... Excuse me? You heard what I said. <laughs> uh, let's move on to uh, the team who are going to end up finishing top of the NFC. I'm convinced of it. The Seattle Seahawks, 17-9 to win over the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, a game where the Eagles' defence did literally everything they needed to do Has to win this place. game of football. Uh, they got to Russell Wilson time and time again. Six sacks on the day, and as we were discussing in the pub before this, at least three of those kind of not on the lack of uh, the lack of openness, but actually on uh, Wilson just getting absolutely swarmed by guys. Yes, they have a lot of injuries, and yes, their offensive talent isn't particularly impressive around Carson Wentz, but he did not have a good game beyond that. Their defensive line, even without Jadavian Clowney, looked really good. Um, Puna Ford has been brilliant the last two or three weeks uh, as part of that. I, I just... This was a day where... Russell Wilson didn't look like the MVP level he's been this season. No, don't give me the face. For three and a half, three quarters, three and a half quarters, he wasn't right up there. Not at the same level. He was right up there. Tyler Lockett was held absolutely in check. Rashad Penny had a decent game on the ground, but they were a, a better team than the Eagles would have beaten the Seahawks this weekend. But they weren't facing a better team than the Eagles. They just can't do anything on offense. No, and, and Wentz, I mean, you know, we can give him a lot of you know, a lot of qualifiers and, and rightly so because that, that, that receiving court he had was one of the worst I've ever seen fielded on it in a in a game in the NFL just because of the injuries that he's had. But he just so looks it's sick. almost as it's almost as bad as the Packers receiving core is in Simon Clancy's mind. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and and I mean the Patriots was similar. I mean, you know, their their second receiver was 
was an undrafted free rookie free agent, and and their first was a, a first round pick playing his second ever NFL game. So, and and but once you know you can't hide the inaccuracy issues as well. I mean, you know whether the receivers are good or not, the, the throws. I mean, there was one that was about two foot over the receiver's head when he was open. I mean. Mm. It just doesn't. I don't know what's going on with Wentz. I mean, the fascinating thing with him and Goff is, you know, one and two pick a little bit like we talk about Winston and Mariota. But these guys have been paid. These have got their second contract. And right now, I think if you give truth serum to both Les Snead and um, and Harry Roseman and said, do, do you wish you'd held off on those contracts? I think they'd both say yes. I think Wentz has a better chance because I've seen him being a late NFL quarterback. I've never seen Jared Goff be that, but they need to get it fixed. It, I thought the play calling was a bit weird. Throwing it 45 times compared to running it 23 when you run game, Miles Sanders looked pretty good. It, it was just weird. It was a, a, a Doug Peterson has these moments. He has these games, and he had it last week against your lot. I'm just not sure what Doug Peterson is. He's a very good head coach. Yes, yeah, I'm, I'm with, with you on that. Court. He's had it this yeah. week. I think the court the, won... in a bottle one playoff run. Well, and 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 they turning... did it with Lafleur and Shanahan and those guys. Uh, uh, sorry, Frank I'm talking Reich. about the the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, yeah. They did it with Frank Reich and uh, the quarterbacks coach, who's now in Jacksonville. Yeah, who, who isn't very good. Uh, but it was but he was Frank good in Reich. that run. Yeah, he was I good mean, in that run. But if and if you think about the turning point in that Super Bowl. Where they suddenly started believing, well, that was down to Nick Foles. Yeah, it, it was. Yeah, they it, caught lightning in a bottle at the end of a season. So it's not down to Peterson, and it, he has these games far too often now. And I think he's still living off winning that Super Bowl. And he he'll also, be there. He'll be there as long as Mike McCarthy was at yeah. Green Bay because they can't. You can't get rid of him. No one gets rid of a super winning super winning. Yeah, I like that. They have less. They have less tolerance in Philly, though. The fan base are already turning, and you don't. I don't blame them because the, the last two weeks Frank have Reich been. The, the, the last two weeks has been in, insipid at best for the for the Eagles, especially when you consider how well the defense has played. It's even with the injuries, it's not like they've needed this incredible offensive production to win either of those games. I mean, you you think that based on how well the defense has played, they should be at least one and one. Yeah. out of that run and they're not and they'll probably miss the playoffs because of it um yeah those games those intra-divisional games in the nfc east are going to be massive and and we said it last week how suddenly a division that we we've poo-pooed just because of how close it is is getting interesting but it wouldn't surprise me if both the cowboys and the eagles ended up eight and eight and yeah, one I mean, of them I, th- I just think the cowboys have already got one win over them they beat them in a big game at the end of last season. I think the Cowboys will do enough they've got, to win. They've the got division. it over them. They've got and it they've over got them handily, them. haven't they? Similar so. to what we've just said. I mean, the, the more talent... The Who's the best head of coach? I mean, I have no <laughs> idea. You would give the edge to Peterson because um, he's at least done something in his career mm. that Garrett's never done, which is win big games. Um the week there's a couple of week 16 clashes coming up the fact that there's a couple of week 16 clashes coming up that you wish were week 17 clashes Vikings Packers is coming up in week 17 which is going to be absolutely fascinating Uh, week 16 yes that's my point should be 17 the only reason that I think that the Cowboys that the Eagles can still beat the Cowboys 
even though I've now got off that train which I've been on for recent weeks because of how bad they were this weekend, is the Cowboys still have to face the Bills on a short week this week uh-huh. and then they still have to go to Philadelphia as well on top of that. Whereas the Eagles, outside of the fact that they play the Cowboys at home, which, you know, if they win that game, it becomes very interesting. But outside of that, I think they play the Giants twice and Washington and the Dolphins. Like, they might win their other four games. If they don't win those four games, they don't deserve to be in the playoffs. So they could run the table between now and the end of the season and get a home playoff game because of it. It's it's nuts. And I suppose now's the time to have your offensive blip where you've got some cupcakes coming up where you can address some of the issues, get some of your players back fit, yada, yada, yada. Nice yaddering. Thanks, mate. Let's go have some great Guinness. And some banging Chinese food. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I, I've had a Guinness at the Toucan before. It's good. I don't know about this whole best in Europe nonsense. I mean, but I, I literally spoke was in, in, on a, with an Irishman at the Gridiron too, who said it's easily the only Guinness he's had outside of. It's, he's my fa- he's one of my favourite human beings as well. So I'll hand it to you. That's a good person to have on your side. I mean, I'm on his side as well, but... And you, know, you are, like, yeah, half yeah, an yeah, so there's no, But, you know... We're pretty sure as well, having discussed it in depth, that Sherry, I'm probably Irish as well, so... Yeah. Are you claiming to be Irish? I'm pretty Irish. Yeah, I mean, look at him. Irish grandfather. And I've, look at him. We've got a bit, I mean, Sherry's not Irish. You're not Sherry Irish, is man. a very Irish name. He said there's... Connor said there's a lot of people... He could be Irish, lives. look at him. Got an Irish grandparent on both sides, buddy. So, you have? Yeah. You are ginger-like. And Gavin is a very Irish name. Yeah, that's true. I nearly said it wasn't. I was just making sure. <laughs> just didn't want you involved in the Irish love. Anyway, that's not my point, though. My point is... is I'm that, more Irish than you. <laughs> my, my, this this <laughs> Chinese has been built up as the best that's Chinese true. in London for over a year now by you two. I'm expecting something special. Oh. I'm expecting something really special. And if it's not, I'm going to be devastated. It's, it's going to be amazing. It's banging. It's such a great place. I still nearly. don't know the name of it. Right, we'll talk about the name of it on the next podcast because uh, we'll give them plugs if it's as good as you say it is. Otherwise, thank you for listening. Rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Ollie Hunter, any final thoughts? No final thoughts. Did Oh, final. Did you see Grimble? Yeah. Yeah, good. good. Why, why didn't we get Grimble in? Why isn't Grimble coming out tonight? What's happening here? Don't know. Let's just have a bit of three of us, guys. Uh, yeah, okay. I mean, <laughs> both Ollie and I have on separate occasions discussed whether or not our uh, other halves are coming along. But uh, I appreciate the sentiment, Sherry. Just the three of us. Just the three of us. Anyway, this has been the Gridiron Show. Cheers, guys. We can make it if we try. Hey, mate, it's me, your hunch. Cheltenham is here, and with Betway's four to win, we can get in on the action completely free. All we have to do is pick the winner of four races to win 50 grand every day. Mmm, 50 grand. We could buy our own horse. Next year we'll be cheering for Monsieur Victory, or Sir Hunch-a-Lot, or Dr. Winderace, or his hunchness, Hunchy Boo. Heed your hunch with Betway's four to win for a free chance to win up to 50 grand every day at Cheltenham. Selections must be submitted before the start of the first eligible race. One entry per customer per day. Full terms apply. 18 plus. Be gambleaware.org.